What's up, guys? Happy holidays! Welcome back to The Athlete Angle. Today, we're chatting with one of my best friends, Caitlin Holmes. Caitlin was a collegiate softball player, was recruited at the top of her class. She was the starting pitcher in high school and broke some serious records. Colleges started recruiting her in middle school. Unreal. We dive into her origin story and what it was like to have her identity associated with softball at such a young age. We discuss Caitlin's journey on separating her identity from her performance, which is ingrained in us as athletes, and how she began to rewire her mind to think differently about her identity outside of softball. Stick around for part two of our conversation next week. We continue to discuss the challenges of creating an identity outside of your sport, what to do with the freedom that comes with retirement as a positive and a negative, and lots more. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Athlete Angle. I'm your host, MC Bell. Do you feel like you're walking aimlessly through life after sports? Do you feel lost without your sport and unsure of how to find confidence in your purpose? It's like the second you hung up your cleats or walked off that field, you've been drifting ever since. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not alone, my friend. You are one of thousands of student and professional athletes that struggle with transitioning into life after sports. Join me this week as we work to unravel the confusing journey of life post sports, gain clarity in your purpose, and find confidence in your identity so you can flourish in life after sports. Let's dive in. Let's go back to the beginning. Why did you feel passionate about playing softball at a competitive level? How did you get into it? What made you love it? And what made you want to keep working at it every day? Yeah. So my dad raised me in playing softball. Um, he started coaching me when I was about eight years old. I think it's like when I started remembering softball. Um, and so from an early age, I was very into it, very wanted to be a pitcher and just, it was like my dad and I bonding over something and I was an only child. So that was kind of like our thing. Um, and so he really instilled working at it and giving it my all. And so from an early age, they asked me if I wanted to play softball like seriously and go maybe go get a college degree in it. Um, and if I wanted to do that, it was going to take a little bit more effort and energy, but that they were willing to put forth whatever I wanted to do. So naturally, I fell in love with the sport. Um, I decided to pick up pitching and so I became a pitcher and I didn't play much of anything else like I was always like give me the ball I want to pitch every pitch uh, I just found it so fun so um, my that was kind of my dad and I's thing he was my catcher and um, I picked up pitching and we'd go to lessons every week um, we'd be out in the backyard throwing and so up until I guess middle school is really when softball started getting serious for me. Um, I was the kid that was a tall boy. So I was very into sports and wearing my hair in a ponytail. And yeah, um, I was, I don't know. I, I know you played soccer, so I don't know how early you started, but 
Um, I feel like kids nowadays don't have to go through that awkward tomboy phase. <laughs> Bro, it was straight jean pants and t-shirts for like all of middle school. I had no style. <laughs> yeah, same with me. And so I immediately, I think in middle school when, you know, puberty's hitting, all these things are happening. I just wanted to play softball because that's like what I had fun doing. And that's kind of when I started having softball as my identity. Like in school, everybody was like, oh, she's a good softball player. Like strike me out. Like just boys being boys. Um, naturally, they want to come after your <laughs> athletic ability just because it's fun. But so in middle school and high school, um, I started getting recruited by colleges for pitching to go play um, in college. And so in middle school. Yeah. In eighth grade. So yeah. And softball starts pretty early and you start talking about uh, getting recruited in about seventh grade. So from early on, I was getting told like, I needed to work hard and um, softball, you need to put all these hours in and email colleges. And so I was learning all this stuff at however, 12, 13 years old, they kind of like instill it in you that uh, you that's like your full time job as a teenager is to put all this work into where you want to go to college. And so from, from an early age, I was, my life was softball. Like I had to work on academics. I had to figure out where colleges were in the nation and just connect with, uh, like my select coach would talk to us about, um, just connections they had. And so a lot of it was just getting your name out there, getting your stats out there, um, getting in front of college, uh, coaches, And so I guess in eighth grade, you go to college showcases and um, really start that process. And so because of that, it kind of tailored into the confidence side and being cocky and all those kinds of things as a teenager, you know, because you were good at your sport. Yeah. So I started being good at my sport and getting this attention from Um, all these college coaches and like having this unlimited amount of options at such a young age. And so taking that into high school was a really big, uh, I guess, identity crisis, I want to say. Not identity crisis, but you just struggle to make such a big decision in high school. The fact that you have to pick a college and what you want to do, because when you're getting recruited, they're like, what do you want to major in Um, when you're going on these visits in high school and stuff? And at that time, you're like, I don't know. What is life? Like, what do I want to do? What did you feel about? Did you take the time to do things outside of softball or was it all about the game? It was really all about the game. I think in eighth grade, I uh, I played a little bit of volleyball and basketball. Um, I always played other sports, but it was like rec league kind of like just play to play, keep you in shape during off season kind of thing. Um, but in eighth grade, I would I played uh, volleyball and um, basketball, and I had a really hard time just deciding when I got to high school if I wanted to play. Um, basketball in high school because I went to a small 2A school. So um, out in Texas, 
usually girls play all sports because you have such a small group of girls in in the smaller Texas towns. Um, so naturally they want you to be an athlete and play all the sports. And so my uh, freshman year, my dad made, sat me down and was like, you need to decide what sport you want to play. It, and you've done all this stuff in softball. That would be naturally where I would think you would want to go. But if you want to play basketball or volleyball, then you have to pick one. In my freshman year of high school, early on in that year, my dad sat me down and was like, you need to pick what where you want to go and what you want to do. And so from there, then on, I decided I would only play softball in high school because I wanted to go play in college. Um, and so that was kind of fed to me throughout my select teams, my travel ball teams. They also didn't recommend you playing multiple sports, which is now a controversial subject with a lot of coaches. I think it's awesome when people can play multiple sports because you learn so much more mm -hmm. than when you hone in on one. So um, if I could go back in time, I'd probably continue to play a little bit of everything. Um, but I think playing in one sport, I learned a lot and I got to hone in on my skills more. And as a softball pitcher, you need that extra time to really zone in on that and um, just have the time to work on those skills. Did you get analysis paralysis from having to decide where to go to play softball in college? I think I really struggled in high school. Um it was so the recruiting process was so overwhelming for me. And I think I got wrapped up in the identity of picking division one, division mm -hmm. two, JUCO. I had I had a school at every level recruiting me. And I kind of got in that mindset of like, if I don't go to this D1 school that's recruiting me, I'm going to be a failure. And like people aren't going to respect me as an athlete. Um, in my small town, because I graduated with like 70 people. And so everyone knew everything. And, um, you know, everyone was at every sport, like it was a very small community, very supportive of sports. But um, I think having all those options of like, so many decisions on where I could go, it was overwhelming. And so naturally, I think I kind of grabbed on to like, having all those options and I wanted to go to like the coolest one out of the group. What school did you decide to go to and why did you pick that school? I ended up committing to a school in Niagara Falls, New York. Whoa, um, hang on. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. So my junior year, I signed my national letter of intent to go play at Niagara, Fall Uni Niagara Falls University. And I had a full ride to this private D1 school up in Niagara Falls. And the way I ended up there was I was getting recruited and naturally all the tension of picking a school and being an only child and kind of going through that rebellious phase, I think I naturally picked the furthest school away. Hmm. But probably because they flew me out for a visit and it was during the fall time. So oh. softball is obviously an outdoor sport. So I didn't, I wasn't thinking about like, oh, the winters and <laughs> like playing softball <laughs> outside in Niagara Falls is probably not the smartest idea. But they flew me out on a visit and 
I was like, this is crazy. Like I'll go, but I'm probably not going to go play there, but like, I want to go to Niagara Falls. So naturally I was like, I'll go on the visit. Like nothing will come of it. I ended up going on the visit. They, it was the best visit of my life. Like out of all the schools, they, they wined and dined you. Like they took nice. me to, yeah, they see, they took me to see Niagara Falls. Um, it was fall time. So it was beautiful. The coach I still keep up with on Facebook, but she was awesome. She just really connected with me on a personal level and really just saw me as the athlete and the person that I was. And I was like, I just want to play for her. Like I, I know it's in Niagara Falls, but the visit was amazing. They had hockey, which I thought was cool. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. And so flying back, I remember telling my parents, like, I think this is where I want to go to college and play. And so they were like, okay, we're here. We're your number one fans. Like we'll support you in whatever you decide. So I ended up going home, thinking about it and calling the coach and being like, I accept the offer. I want to come play for you. And so I did. And all the paperwork came through. National signing day came. I signed it, was in the paper, everything. Um, and then fast forward a few months. I think, I don't remember when national signing day is, but a few months go by. I'm about to be going into the summer before my senior year. And the coach calls me and is like, hey, do you have a second to chat? And I'm like, oh, oh. I, I remember I just got done running a mile around like my neighborhood and she called me and she was just like, Hey, we really need to talk about your offer. Um, some stuff has happened and I'm actually resigning from being the coach, but I want to talk you into saying, if you want to stay, I don't know who will be the coach yet, but she wanted to move to Florida actually, and start, start her family. Cause her husband was there and they were doing long distance so she could coach. And so she ended up moving back. I backed out. I was like, I don't want to go play and not know who I'm playing with or mm -hmm. who's going to be coaching me going 24 hours away from home. So I ended up decommitting and going into your senior year, people were like, you're crazy. You just gave up a full ride. Um, like, what are you doing? And I just remember being like, I'm an only child. I can't go that far away from home. Like, I don't, I don't know why I picked that place in the first place. And so naturally I spiraled into this, like, where, what am I going to do? Where do I go? And from there, I don't know. Now I know God took over and said, Hey, your plan isn't working out. Let me decide for you. So from there, I went back into the recruiting process and went on a few more visits and ended up deciding I'm just going to stay close to home. So I ended up committing to a small division two school that was two hours away. And I think that's where God wanted me. And so I played two years there and then I transferred schools and went and played at LCU, which was like two hours away. I had no idea you were going to, you almost were like basically going to be a new Englander, a Texas yeah. girl in new England. I know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, this would be so fun. Like I wanted, I think I got wrapped up in the wanting to do something so cool for it being from such a small town. And so going so far away, I was like, how cool. Like I get, to, I get to get out of this small town feel and like go play a sport I love. And I ended up 
not going. So that's always a fun story to tell. But I think a lot of that decision came up around wanting to say I was going to D1 school on a full ride, a private school, and like all these accolades that came with it. And naturally, that didn't work out. It fell through. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's hard when athletes are given the all the options of life at such a uh, young age, because you don't quite know what you want to do at that age. What did that do for your confidence going into a D2 school? Because you're saying that you wanted to go the best of the best that you could possibly get, no matter what it looks like, if it was far away from home, if it was close home, you wanted to do something that was beyond what the people that you were around growing up with could really like fathom for themselves and it was your reality what did that do for your confidence going to a smaller d2 school yeah I think I struggled with it for a little bit I wanted to be the kid that went and played d1 and do all these cool things but um, naturally I had to humble myself and be like it's it's too late for all the d1 schools they've already recruited people and um, staying close to home was uh like one of the few options and so I think it was a very humbling experience to sit myself down and be like I'm getting a full ride to go play college softball and so really sitting with the statistic of how many people get to play college sports and um just take a step back and be grateful that I was getting an opportunity to go play and recognizing that I had an opportunity that still a lot of kids didn't get to have and I was going to get my school paid for. And so that was the biggest thing was just focusing on not so much where I was going, but the purpose behind it. What a great answer. Okay. So you're in college. uh, You played four years. Was your college career what you thought it was going to be or were your expectations different? Yeah, so I feel like when I got to college, no one really prepares you for that, uh, the freedom, I think, that comes with going to college. As I was saying, I was an only child, and I had very strict rules growing up. I wasn't allowed to do much. I wasn't allowed to drink alcohol or do all the stuff that a lot of high schoolers can get away with. I was a straight-A kid. I was quiet. I just played softball in high school. So when I got to college, it was a little bit of a shock. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I had somebody that was controlling my schedule, telling me what to eat. And then all the classes that come with it. I actually started college as a nursing major while playing softball, um, which is not recommended. People do not recommend (laughs) doing nursing school and playing a sport. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And that's kind of why I picked the school I did was I was like, I can do nursing and softball. And so that was one of the biggest reasons why I I picked the Division II school was, okay, I get to play softball and I get to become a nurse like the two worlds get to collide well then I got to college and started taking AMP and realized I was not cut out for nursing especially while playing softball um so I think a lot of it was reality hitting the fan and um really recognizing that 
the student before athlete comes first. And so you really have to take care of your grades in order to play. What was your, uh, your game like at the college level? Was it what you were doing in high school? Did you kind of reach the peak of your career during college or did you start to taper off? Was it different than what you thought you would be doing? In high school, I would say my career was something not a lot of kids get to say. I pitched every single game for my high school for four years. Um, I was the starting pitcher. So naturally that came with records. I think I had like 1,100 strikeouts, which is a really big number for uh, high school softball. Whoa. Yeah. My my friend is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think I still hold the record, which my 10 year reunion is right around the corner. So that'd be interesting. (laughs) Um, But so I was setting records for this small uh, Texas town. And then I got to college and kind of was faced with the challenge of working just as hard when you have so much other stuff on your plate. Because in high school, I didn't have very many other activities. I was only softball, 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 softball. So I had time to really hone in on my skills. And I didn't, in my free time, I would play softball. Like I would just practice it, practice it because I wanted to get to the next level. So when I got to that next level, I kind of had no motivation. Like I, I had the, I, yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, you get to college and then, you're motivated by the people around you. But I think I got to college and kind of just was like overwhelmed with everything that comes with the college life. I would love to dive into your identity. Oftentimes when I was playing college soccer, I would find that when I had a bad game or a bad practice, or I was ruminating on mistakes that I had made in games and practices my identity would suffer. Like I, I didn't feel good enough to be on the field or I didn't feel like I could fail because I had to reach a certain expectation to keep up with my team. And it was a lot of pressure that I put on myself and it was mentally taxing and emotionally taxing. And in turn that, you know, affected me physically as well, but I never gave myself time to process that or pick that apart. But I did notice the days that I did really well and I was being rewarded for my hard work as an athlete or as a soccer player, people would say, you know, great job MC. Like I get playing time. I get minutes. My peers would notice my teammates would notice if I scored a goal, like you would hear it in class. My teachers would be like, Hey, I saw your goal, you know, things like that. Did you have that same kind of experience? And if you did, how did that affect the way that you perceived yourself and what you thought was important to other people or to yourself? Yeah, I think identity and performance go hand in hand. Um, I think I struggled with that in high school and I took that into college. So I'm very type A. I want to plan everything. I want to know, like have my stats and hit every milestone that I set for myself. And so the goals that I set for myself were always very high and I would dive myself into the ground in order to reach those. Um, And so I think when I didn't reach my goals, I would beat myself up, beat myself up over it. And um, especially in college, um, you are set at such a higher standard of 
I know at least personally, I set myself to a higher standard of, I need to hit this amount or I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm going to get my scholarship revoked or, you know, you, you go into that like negative down spiral. And um, so I think my identity became very toxic because um, if my performance was bad, then I didn't feel like I deserved to be there. Um, I didn't deserve to be around those people. Um, Actually, my first two years of college was very toxic. And I think uh, that also has something to do with it is like your coaches, if they're not in a supportive role and, you know, um, really helping you reach your goals, I guess, per se, um, has a lot to do with it as well. So if your coach is downgrading you when you're already downgrading yourself, um, your identity is going to go even more down. And so I think identity in sports is something not a lot of people talk about, but I know a lot of people struggle with. And I think it has a lot to do with coaches holding themselves accountable to how they're treating their players. And then as well as teammates, um, I know girls are mean. And so it, being in a sport, yes, they um, are. We, should, <laughs> we, should, we should be each other's number one fans. And um, I think in college athletics, you know, it's harped that you're to be each other's teammates, but at the end of the day, girls chatter and, really just like having the approval of others as well. Not even um, like I'm my own worst critic, but I also am a people pleaser. So I want to please those around me. So when I, when I did fail at a game, like if I didn't do well, I would come in and just have a meltdown. And then somebody else would be like, yeah, you should have a meltdown. You sucked, you know? And so it's (laughs) like, like, "Uh, thanks (laughs) for nothing. Yeah. And not necessarily they would say that right then and there, but their support wasn't there. And so um, I think that also has a lot to do with that. Um, And people really do wrap themselves up in their identity of their performance. And as athletes, maybe we need to separate those two. Your identity isn't your performance. You are who you will always be, but your performance can waver, you know, like you're going to have a bad game and um, how you recover from that says a lot about who you are at your core. You know, I, I like that you tied performance and identity together. I feel like I was trying to find the words to describe my own experience and you just put the two together. So thank you for that. Yeah. Now that you're out of college, have you found a way to overcome that habit of pairing those two together? When I came out of college and really realized my identity could not be softball anymore, and that was kind of stripped of me, is when I started to reevaluate things, because that's obviously the performance went away, because my identity wasn't softball anymore. So at that point, um, I think I switched those two and was like, my identities and the job that I have now. So whatever job I have, people will respect me. I've always, I always had that mindset of my identity is what I can do for other people and not my identity is kind of like the foundation of who I am. What do I believe in? What are my um, values and how do I want to live my life outside of a sport? 
learning the characteristics of yourself and who you are and like who you want to be as a human and not an athlete is something that was not easy. It was very challenging to like sit with yourself and be like, who am I? Who is Caitlin? What does Caitlin like to do outside of her sport? And so I think that in itself is something that athletes need to be thinking about when they're in college, when they're in high school. I think a lot of athletes are taught you are your performance. You're a pitcher and that's how you are going to be evaluated. And that's why people are going to like you. And that's how you're going to make your friends. And so when you get out of college athletics, you have to learn who you are outside of your sport. And then on top of that, you don't have just your teammates that are your automatic built-in friends. There's a lot of growth opportunity when you get out of school that not a lot of people really prepare you for. And I think people need to start talking about it more when they're in college. Like, don't get wrapped up in just your sport. Go hang out with different clubs in college. Um, Really figure out what you like to do outside of your sport. Figure out what you're good at. And I think we can always do that as humans. I know right now I'm in a rut of life where I'm like, what are my hobbies? What do I like to do? But when I got out of college, I really had to sit down and be like, what do I want to do? What the next job, the next step when you get out of college, it's find a job, right? So Mm -hmm. um, naturally I was like, I have to get the best paying job. I have all these bills to pay you know, you get so caught up in the what's next, what's next. And you don't have time to like slow down and be like, what do I, what do I want to do? Who am I? How did you learn who you were? Cause you're no longer in that season. Obviously you've, you started to build a life coming out of being outside of your sport. But the first thing you had to do was build a foundation and give yourself the space to start doing that what helped you begin that phase of your life and what were the challenges maybe that you were confronted with coming out of college right away? I didn't confront that right away when I got out of college. I think what I did was I replaced it and I replaced the identity of softball with um, interchangeable things every time until that failed me. And when that failed me, is kind of when I was brought to my knees and like, who am I as a person? And like, what do I believe in? What are my values? And I think at that moment of my life, it just was failure after failure of trying to put my identity in things. And um, so for me personally, I had to sit down and be like, what do I believe in? What do I want to live my life off now that softball's over? And a lot of it was, learning, taking the lessons of softball and taking those into real life scenarios, but also coming out with, you know, my religion and how I wanted to raise a family and how I wanted to work through past trauma and even understanding when trauma was there. So I think a lot of it is self-awareness and doing the work to uncover that. I think that's kind of what identity is. You were talking about what identity is now that you are out of your sport and how do you discover who you are outside of playing a sport that you played for for years your entire life it's almost like the thing that gets me every time when I talk about this it's almost like 
when you're, when you hit your 65 year old Mark and you're like, Oh, it's retirement age. Now I'm going to start transitioning into not working and living off of the money that I just worked my entire life to, uh, save up. And now I'm going to, you know, transition out of being in the workforce. And that's a transition in itself. But a lot of people, like you were saying, we don't talk about that transition from living in this sports world and this athlete world where a lot of great qualities and skills come out of it. But I, I really think we get kind of rocked in the process. You know, it's, it's kind of like you did your job and now you're done. Like you're gone. Um, thanks for doing what you did for the program, but, uh, we're going to move on and you're stopped you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, not a rock bottom, but you're kind of at the end of your rope. You're like, oh, so this is, this is the end. I've never not had more to go. I've, I've always had more rope to climb. I've always had more goals to reach. What do you do with the realization that there are no more goals to reach? There are no more achievements for you to be had. There are no you know, there are no more games for you to go to nothing. There are no more games for you to pitch at no more records to break. It's done. Like you're completely done with your sport. How do you, how do you sit with that? Yeah, man, MC, that's like putting me back into that time when you like walk off the field for the last time. And man, nobody prepares you for that emotional time. Hey, thanks for giving this episode a listen. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Oh, one more thing. Stay in the know on Insta. Tag a former athlete, teammate, friend, foe, family member. You get the point. I would love to connect with you. Okay, friends, that is all she wrote. I'll see you next week.